have these little handouts. Who had not gotten one of their little handouts today? Raise your hand. We are going to bless you with a handout right now. You're going to get your first Hanukkah present right now. So what we're going to do today is we're going to be talking about Hanukkah. And uh, we, Pastor Nick, and I want to thank Pastor Nick and Danielle for their awesome vision in this house. So let's give Pastor Danielle and Pastor Nick a hand. Amen. Aren't they awesome? They are a huge, huge blessing. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about Hanukkah. And um, now we have some beginners and we also have some experts in this room. So who here has celebrated Hanukkah more than three times? Okay, that's good, 50% of the class. Who has never celebrated Hanukkah before in their life? Okay, hey, that's awesome. Let's give them a hand, amen? So we are excited because this is going to be a treat for you guys. we got uh, some exciting giveaways. How many of you guys got a chance to see the table up here? Is it exciting? We're going to go through all this, and you actually get to possibly win some of this if you know, if you're part of the answer. All right, so we'll get, we won't give it away too early, but so we're going to go ahead and start off with uh, talk a little bit about Hanukkah, and um, and I don't know if you want to mention anything as we get started here. Basically, what, what we wanted to do, the vision of this class was, really, what is Hanukkah? You know, we all have the idea of what Hanukkah is, and some of us may not even know the Hanukkah story. And so what I have to do in this class is I have to really make it kind of basic because there are a lot of people here that don't know a lot about Hanukkah. So I know some of this may be repeat for a lot of you experts out there. You guys are like, oh, I've done this, you know, I know all about Hanukkah. Well, the idea is to teach those that don't know, and especially people that are online that are watching. I had people online saying, hey, can you stream this class? We want to see this. And so I had a few people watching online today that are going to be here because they've never experienced it. In fact, they don't even know their Hebrew roots. And so they wanted to experience this to teach their kids. So this is really exciting. It's a completely different class. So I want you guys to know this is going to be fun, entertaining, and we're going to have a good time. So I want to thank uh, Miss Kathy, Miss D, and all those to help today on Nehemiah. Let's give them a hand today for all of them coming out today and serving in the media team. You guys are awesome. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started with the Hanukkah class. And what I want to do is I want to set up the Hanukkah story. I really want everyone to understand kind of where it came from, why we do Hanukkah, and it's not just, oh, we just light some candles on that, on that day, one for every night. That's just the beginning of the story. It's almost like an iceberg. As soon as you talk about the beginning, you have to go deeper and deeper, and then once you understand the true meaning, the meat of it, you're like, wow, this was a lot more than just, hey, let's light some candles on a night and just enjoy ourselves with some fancy food, you know what I'm saying? So let's go over the story of Hanukkah. So the historical setting of Hanukkah goes like this. The Feast of the Lord that... I'm going to read it here. Get the glare. The feast of the Lord that God commanded Israel to observe is found in Leviticus 23. You guys know Leviticus 23 where they have Passover and all those. The feast of Hanukkah is not included in those feasts. The events that led up to the celebration of the feast of Hanukkah took place much later than when Leviticus 23 uh, took place much later in history than the Jewish people. So around 340 BC, the Greeks came into the world into world power through the leadership of Alexander the Great. How many of you guys know Alexander the Great? Hopefully, some people have studied history. Some of those that fell asleep in history, I'm sorry for you. You're gonna have to kind of work your way through this. Uh, this is the time in history called the Hellenistic period. Okay, well, let's remember that the Hellenistic period is, is this timeline. Okay, it was the time when the Greek art, language, culture, and religion covered the entire Middle East. After the death of Alexander the Great, the land of Syria came under the control and power of a Greek ruler named Antiochus IV. Under the prideful ruler of Antiochus, who he claimed to be God, the land of Israel was corrupted. Uh, what I was going to say to you guys is that the Hellenistic Age, guys, just so you guys know, is kind of the theme that I want to make sure you guys understand. When you guys talk about Hellenistic, how many of you guys even know what that means, Hellenistic? Anyone know what Hellenistic means? What's Hellenistic? Let me give you a mic. This is this is for class participation. It has to do with anything that had to do with, because Greece was not their natural language. They right. Would, they would have said it in. I don't know if this is a. I don't know if this is the Latin name or the Greek name, but that's the name for the country of Greece. What we call yes. Greece. Yes. Yes. So Hellenistic is is a is basically pagan religion. How many of you guys know that God? There's only one God. And we only serve one God, and he, and he really only likes to have one God. So if you go back here, this guy, he wanted to kind of set the stage for himself being God. He came in. I mean, how many of you guys know that if you conquer most of the Middle East, you feel pretty powerful, you know? I mean, if you take over the Middle East, you're like, well, I feel like I'm pretty in charge. And how many of you guys know that when you uh, elevate yourself above God, that never ends well? I don't think any of us have ever really 
How many of you would agree that if you start elevating yourself above God, you're probably going to end up in the trash can? You know what I'm saying? So basically, he started out with this, and this is kind of the problem. This is the problem that they faced in the Hanukkah story, is that Greece came in, they took over the Middle East, and they basically reinstituted and they started tearing away the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They started pulling it out and putting back in its place. Because whenever you take something out, you have to put something back in, right? So they're taking out the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they're sticking back in pagan idolatry worship. Okay? So that's really what it came down to. So the God that we serve was being pulled away from God's people. And that, how many of you guys know that would make pretty, a lot of people upset, right? So I'm just giving you guys a stage here is what's kind of going on. All right, so next one here. In 168 B.C., under Antiochus' leadership, his army seized the temple in Jerusalem, desecrated it, and established the worship to the Greek god Zeus. Antiochus set up an image of Zeus outside the temple in Jerusalem for people to worship, even offering up unclean animals on the altar of the Lord. Now, how many of you guys have seen the altar in the wilderness? You guys have seen how beautiful and holy and sacred that is? Now, imagine... A pagan ruler coming in, taking away God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying you can't do, you can't worship on the Sabbath, you can't do any of those things. And by the way, this beautiful thing that God created, I'm going to go ahead and start taking something very unclean and putting that on the altar. Now, how many of you guys, when you be about now, you'd be upset. You better kind of reach your limit right now. You're like, okay, that's about as much as I can handle. You know, you've taken away my Sabbath, you've taken away, you know, worshiping God. You know, now you're taking the things that he made and you're basically desecrating it. And see, this is, the, this is what they faced. And this is what I want to make sure you guys understand. Hellenism is a very, very deceptive. It's very deceptive, okay? When it comes in, it's very sneaky. It comes in just real slowly because Alexander the Great started it and he finished it. Does that make sense? Alexander the Great started this process and now it's coming to its full cap, its full peak, amen? All right, so up next. So during this time in a small Judean village called Mordin, the Jewish revolt began against Antiochus' evil rule. The older priest, an older priest named Mattathias, along with his five sons, began the strategic revolt against Antiochus and the powerful Syrian army. One of his sons, or one of the sons of Mattathias called Judah, rose to leadership and was given the name Maccabee, which meant hammer. So now we bring in Judah Maccabee, all right? I'm just going to take my time through this because I want to make sure everyone kind of understands. If you guys have questions, stop, raise your hand. This is really, really easy. I want to make sure everyone understands the story. So basically, the priests were the ones that started this fight. How many of you guys know that we're all kings and priests here? This is kind of what we're doing. This is what we're called to be. We're called priests. So it was inside of these guys to the point where they're like, I don't care if I die. We're going to stop this. This has to end. There's, someone's going to have to say something, right? How many of you guys know that it, it, once you say, how many of you guys have ever got to that point where you're like, all right, that's enough is enough. We gotta, we're going to fix this, right? That's what happened in this story. He's, he finally got to the end and says, the pig on the altar, enough is enough. We're done. We're starting this war. We're going to get it going. Does that make sense? All right. Any questions so far? All right. Just want to make sure. All right. So the Maccabee Revolt was greatly successful and gained momentum through guerrilla tactics of the Jewish warriors. Antiochus' army experienced one defeat after another. Let's give a hand to God, amen. Woo! And Antiochus experienced one defeat after another, and the final vict- their final victory came when the Jews, through their faith in God, recaptured the temple in Jerusalem and drove Antiochus and his army out of the city. Yes, let's give the Lord a hand, amen. Woo! So now you can see that this, is, this has been God's plan all along. God's plan all along was to make Israel uncomfortable, to make him say, okay, because how many of you guys know if Israel wasn't uncomfortable, they probably would have kept this going and got it going and let it going and let it going, but it had, God had to do this. Well, this is God's plan. See, we got to understand this was God's plan from the beginning. He had to get his people uncomfortable. It's like wearing, the, it's like wearing those pants that get too tight. You're like, okay, Lord. I need to get on a diet. I know I need to get on a diet, and all of a sudden, you can't even button them. You're like, okay, God, I'm so sick and tired of this. I'm going to get in shape, you know? The same thing with God's spiritual plan. This is a spiritual thing. When we're so upset about something, then change happens, amen? So I want to encourage you guys that if something's been on your heart, and you're like, God, I can't seem to get over this sin, or I can't seem to get over this issue, God's like, are you uncomfortable yet? Are you ready to get, are you ready to get involved? Are you ready to go to war? Are you ready to get involved, amen? So that's kind of a side note there. So the Maccabees found the temple in shambles after being occupied for three years. So they had three years to to basically desecrate the temple. That's a really long time. How do you guys know? But the number three, for those of you guys that like to study, three years is there's a lot of significance. Three days and three nights in the tomb. 
you know, a lot of significance in the three years. That's what I want to make sure everyone kind of catches on to that. They immediately began work on cleansing the temple and restored the holy furnishings. When they went to restore the menorah, which symbolized the light of God, they faced a problem. There was only enough oil, consecrated oil to keep the menorah burning for one day. The priests knew that it would take eight days before the new oil could be prepared and consecrated for use in the menorah. Miraculously, the one-day supply of oil lasted eight days, allowing enough time for the new oil to be prepared and brought into use. Now, I want to just uh, say that's the symbol right there. So you guys see that we light the menorah every night. This is, now be with me here, this is where this comes from, okay? That one part of the story is really what I want to really go back and uh, talk to you guys about. When you have something that's holy and something is something profaned it, you can't just make it clean again. It, it doesn't work like that. We can't just stick it in a washing machine and say, okay, it's going to be clean, right? No, we have to start over, right? Some things just have to be rebuilt. How many of you guys know that when you're a builder and you have a foundation of a house, sometimes you can fix it and sometimes you just got to bulldoze it and start over, right? And this is kind of where the Israel was. They walked into the temple. They just defeated the Greek army, and they're really, really excited. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we want, to t- we want to light the menorah. Let's go, you know. Let's get this thing over. We're so sick and tired of being, you know, being taken advantage of and just being, you know, being laid. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is being disrespected. We're going to go back in. We're going to take this back, right? And then they get to the menorah. They cleanse the temple. They get all the paganism out of it. And all of a sudden, there's no oil. You know, how much of a blow is that? You know, you're thinking about, oh, this is just going to take forever. It's like, it's like that painful wait when, you wanna, when you're looking in the oven. You're like, God, I wish this would just get done, you know? But this is what's going on in their minds. Is they are pain, this is painful for them. It's been a painful process. They've lost a lot of people in the war, right? And so what they did is they said, forget it. We're just going to light the menorah. Come hell of high water, we're going to light the menorah. And if it only lasts one day, so be it. But that was faith. And this is what I want to go back to. This is the faith that we're talking about here they said, we're going to light the menorah and let God do what he wants to do. And how many of you guys know that it ha- we have to get to that place where, God, I'm just going to let this happen, and you're just going to have to take over. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't manage it. I just got to let you take over, right? And this is kind of where they were in this process. So uh, miraculously, the oil lasted for eight days. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's the power of our God. Our God is awesome. So just to continue on with it, what we're going to do here in the end of the demonstration is we're going to light the menorah and we're going to go through that process. But I want to kind of go over the history of where this symbolism came from. But how many of you guys know that we are the light of God and we are to shine forth? And so during this season, how many of you guys know that during these holiday seasons, a lot of people go into depression? I mean, actually, the suicide rate goes up quite high during the holiday season, right? Why? Why does it have to be like that? Why? Because they lost the light of God. They don't have it inside them. And what I really want to encourage you guys today, that this is an opportunity for you to share this light with others. Share your happiness. Share the spirit of God. Share the word of God with someone. Because this is kind of, really right now, this is the most important time for this to happen. Amen? All right, so we're going to keep going. So at, at, the temp, at the time of the temple's cleansing and restoration, it was rededicated to the glory of God, and the eight-day feast of dedication, Hanukkah, was inaugurated under the leadership of Judah Maccabee. The celebration of Hanukkah recounts the miracle of the burning oil and the great military victory that God gave the Jewish people. Now, I want to kind of, before I go into the next piece here, I want to just kind of go over something really quickly. To understand the victory that they had, you have to understand the battle. How many of you guys love history? Okay, how many of you guys hate history? Okay, thank you. All right. So I just want to make sure I got the right thing. But I'm going to use, I'm going to use, a, I'm going to use a little analogy. Imagine I had an elephant standing in this room. And I have an elephant over here. And the elephant's coming, running at me. The Spirit of God came upon me in power. Don't do it. I was like, this way. <laughs> Anyways, I love, I love her. She's awesome. Isn't she awesome? She's amazing. She's awesome. So over here, this way. So you have an elephant running at you at full speed, right? It's elephants running at you at full speed, and it's got armor on, and on top of there, there's, like, soldiers, and they have long spears, and they can, like, poke you as you go through, you know? That's a nice way of saying it. They can poke you as they go through, right? (laughs) And what I really want to make sure you guys understand is that's what Israel faced. When they say they defeated the Greek army, the Greek army had the most advanced tank you you can even imagine. Imagine a tank that's alive, 
that's moving, that's making noise, that's, that literally is, I mean, it's not like a tank that, you know, you have to pull a lever to move. This thing's like constantly moving around and looking for something. And these elephants were trained to kill. That's their whole purpose in, in life. But let me tell you something. Our God works awesome. How many of you guys know our God is awesome? Amen. So this elephant's running towards them. But this is the, this is the way they would defeat, this is how they would defeat the Greeks. This is how they were to defeat their enemy. However, if you've been to Israel, you know that Israel isn't a flat land. How many of you guys know that Israel, you have to get your Nikes on, you have to run up and down the hills? There's not a lot of flat spaces, right? And so what happened was is the elephants had the disadvantage because they couldn't stand on sided hills. They'd fall over. Or they couldn't run up hills like you would think they could run up hills. And because of the guerrilla tactics that Israel used, they were able to defeat the most advanced tank ever created at that time. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? So it was almost like God's like, oh, oh, you think you're not going to be able to defeat the Greek army because they have, they have elephants? Well, you forget where you're standing. You're standing in the promised land, and that promised land belongs to you. The Bible says that that land belongs to his people, and they're not going to take it from God's people. This is God's land. And so God's like, I have already built these hills to defeat the enemy. No matter what they try to do, what they try to come against you, we're going to defeat them. Amen? So I just want to make, I just want to make a quick point that that was amazing that God had put it together, had it already in place, that by the time Israel had to go to war, it was already taken care of. God's like, it's already taken care of. Don't worry about them running with their elephants. He said, we're going to win because we have the land of Israel. Amen? Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. So question and answer time. Anyone have any questions so far? I've kind of done a Reader's Digest version of Hanukkah. Does anyone have anything they want to add to the story of Hanukkah? Babe, do you want anything to add to? Oh, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead, sir. Hanukkah, did it uh, took place near um, this season, the Christmas season? Or yes. Or yes. And so if you actually go back here, it's actually, and I didn't put it inside of here, but there's actually a date given. It's actually given during the season of Hanukkah. How many of you guys know that, and, we're gonna get, and actually I want to keep going here in a second, but Yeshua actually celebrated Hanukkah. And so I want to go a little deeper into that. Yes, you're right. Let me get to the next PowerPoint, and I'll answer it. Yes. Kislev 21. 25. I'm sorry. Yes, it was Kislev 25. But here's what I want to do is I want to talk about the spiritual, this, the actual written in Scripture significance of Hanukkah. How many of you guys want to find out where Hanukkah is written in Scripture, right? That's kind of what's really important. So let's go to the biblical references to Hanukkah. So the Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah, is mentioned in the Scripture. However, it's not in the Old Testament as we might have expected but in the New Testament. And here's the scripture. In John 10, 22 through 23, it was at the Feast of Jeru it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of Dedication, and it was winter, and Yeshua Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Now, the Feast of Dedication is what, this is what it's called. Why do we call Hanukkah the Feast of Dedication? Yes. Hanukkah is the Hebrew word for dedication, right. But because of the symbolism, we were able to take back the land of Israel the temple of Israel and our and our relationship with the Lord. Because how many of you guys know that they were ruling the relationship with God, the land of God, and basically everything outside of that? Does that make sense? So when we go back through, this is an awesome season. Please, 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 if anything you guys can remember, remember this. The Feast of Dedication starts with you. This had to start in Mattathias' heart for this to take place. This didn't happen just overnight, right? This had a war. This had a lot of things happening, right? But it started in the heart of a person. And what I really want you guys to do is look inside yourself during the season to make sure you understand that this is the time to dedicate yourself with the Lord, to make sure that if there's anything unclean inside of your temple, because how many of you guys know we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and there's anything inside of you that you need to check out, make sure you do that because God wants a clean, dedicated, he wants us to be pure. How many of you guys know that light is pure, right? And in ultimate form, light is pure. It's white. It's, it's, it has no, no discrepancy. There's no darkness in it. Light overcomes darkness, right? Obviously, the Lord said the light will rule over, in Genesis, it says the light will rule over the darkness. Same thing. That's why we, so why is there a light? Why is there a menorah? Why is there a menorah in the God's temple? Because of the light. The light. This is God's like, we are the light. This is an instrument. So we're going to go ahead and keep going. So the book of Maccabees. Let's talk about the book of Maccabees. Where is the story written, right? Everyone's like, where is the story written in, in Scripture, right? And I'll go over that at, um, a little bit here today. But the story of Hanukkah is written in the first and second book of Maccabees. This book is written in Hebrew by a Jewish author and, is, and after the restoration of the independent Jewish kingdom in the latter part of the second century B.C. And you can find these two books written in the Catholic Bible 
and you can actually find them online. So if you actually want to go online and read them, you can go online, and they're actually available online to read. If, and you can also purchase them. You can you know buy a copy of it. But just really quickly, if you're like, why isn't the book of Maccabee in the scripture, right? Has anyone ever wondered why the book of Maccabee is not in the scripture? I'll tell you real briefly, and it's very complicated, but I'm just going to give you the Reader's Digest version, okay? Here's what it is. How many, how many, everyone say canonization. Okay, canonization. For a book to get into the scriptures, into the, into the, into the, into the Bible, it had to meet a certain level of criteria called canonization. If it met these criteria, when it was written, how it was written, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they could bring that and put that into the scriptures. So not just any book landed into the Holy Scriptures. I want you guys to know that it was very, very thoroughly researched. They didn't just take any story and just put it in there. They had the authority of God, that kind of thing. One thing to note, the book of Daniel didn't meet this criteria, but it is in the scriptures. I know, isn't that weird? But Hanukkah, the book of Maccabees, it wasn't, it was, it's completely authoritative. I want you guys to know, it's authoritative, but it wasn't meeting the necessity criteria to end into the scriptures. Does that make sense? So Yeshua celebrated, as you guys can see here in John, but it didn't end up into the scriptures. Yes. Criteria for it are who, um, who, who, esta- who established the, the the set of standards? Yeah, well, yeah. Who decided? That's who, a great question. What goes in and what the rabbis at the time, the scholars at the time, they're the ones that set the standard. They had a standard of criteria because they wanted to make sure that when the book of Genesis was written, I mean, how many of you guys know if the book of Genesis was messed up, it would just messed up everything, right? It would have just this whole thing would have gone the other way. So these are very spiritual men of God, very spiritual men of God. And what was happening at the time is because this book was written at a certain time period in the Greek era, they couldn't give it the authoritative, they couldn't give it the, the, the check mark to say, go in. Because it was just written in this, this season of time, and they couldn't confirm that everything inside of it was 100% con- in the line of things that they wanted, in the line of the things they wanted, it was missing some things. However, if you go to Israel right now during the Feast of Hanukkah, You'll see the ultra-Orthodox down there waving their menorah saying, Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. So it's, it's an authoritative book, but the reason they didn't put it in the scriptures was just for that reason. It didn't meet all the criteria, and it was just because it was written during this era. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So that's the Reader's Digest version. There's a whole lot more to that. If you want to go into that, by all means, go research it. But I want you guys to know that was my best, simplest example. All right. Any questions so far? I want to pause. Questions, comments? concerns. All right, cool. All right, next up. What is the difference between these two? All right, who, who can spot the difference? And it's not the color. One has more candles than the other. How many of you guys like that? All right. One has seven, one has eight. So if you guys go out and you grab, you go to a bookstore, nine, I'm sorry, one has seven, one has nine, right. What I want to make sure you guys understand is why does Nine Hanukkah, why do nine candles represent Hanukkah and seven represent the menorah, right? Let me just tell you. In the Old Testament, the menorah had seven. When this miracle took place, everyone was really excited, and they said, you know what, we're going to add an additional two candles to represent the extra nights that the, candles, that the menorah was lit. Does that make sense? And how many of you guys know what eight means? Who knows what the number eight means? New beginnings, right? The middle candle here, and we'll go over this here in a moment, this is the shamash candle. That's the servant candle. And we're going to go over, you know, what all these candles represent. But the reason there's four on one side and four on the other, which represent eight, is for Hanukkah. So whenever you guys go in and you're looking to buy a menorah or a Hanukkah, you guys will know the difference. Okay? So you walk in, you're like, wow, this one has extra, you know, I got, an, I got, an, I got a bonus, man. I got extra candles. You know, there's extra pieces, you know. You, you, you know, it's not on sale. You, can, you don't get an extra bonus. It's, it's just the difference. Does that make sense? So when you guys go to get your Hanukkah, make sure you get one with eight. So four on this side, four on this side, okay? Everyone got that? All right. Do you have anything you want to share? Okay. So I want to make sure. All right. So the, there are two types of, mon- of menorahs. One has nine branches and is referred to as the Hanukkah. The other is seven-branch menorah that represents the one used in the temple. The nine-branch menorah is used to celebrate the Feast of Hanukkah each day for eight days the center candle, called the servant candle, is used to light the new candle on the menorah. This continues until the eighth day when all eight candles on the menorah burn brightly. Okay, so 
just to make sure we're going to go over this part, this, what we're about to do, and I'm going to bring up some helpers here. My awesome daughter, Naomi's going to come up here and help me. This candle right here, this is called the Shamash candle. Everyone say Shamash. And if you guys can spit, it's okay. It's Hebrew. You can say a little bit. All right? Now, here's what this, this candle, to me, and this symbolism represents God, the Messiah. He is used to light all the other nights. Does that make sense? And the reason why is we give glory to God. This is the difference, right? How many of you guys know that in our society today, we give a lot of glory to man? We give a lot of glory to man. We don't really give glory to God, especially the miracles that happen, right? So what we're doing here is we're saying, God, you did it, and you lit every night. You were the miracle provider every night. And so that's what I want to make sure everyone understands is this represents the Lord. This represents the Messiah. Amen? All right, so we're going to go ahead and start. Yes. Yes. Whereas Yeshua is the servant of all, of all, and we're supposed to be servants. And so that it's also Shamash, but servant candle. Yes. And how many of you guys know that we love to serve here at Beit Dila? We are. We love to serve. All right. So we're going to go ahead and light the menorah, or Hanukkah, I'm sorry, Hanukkah. I'm going to say the first blessing, and then she's going to light, and then we're going to read the blessings. So these are the blessings. I got you on the piece of paper here. I have the blessings on the blue side. It's the Hanukkah blessings. The first blessing is, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Shanitzatav Litzivanu Bayehim Hayem Bitzaman Hazeh. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to kindle the light of Hanukkah. So we're going to start with the candle on the right. So her right would be this candle here. And we're going to start, we go from right to left, just like Hebrew. All right, very good. Go ahead and put the middle candle here. Good job. Let's give Naomi a hand, amen? Good job. There'll be a prize for you later. All right, so we're going to go to the second blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kishanu b'mitzvatav v'tzivanu l'agnir Hanukkah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who performed miracles for our forefathers in those days and at this, and at this time. So I want you guys to know that we have to remind ourselves to read these blessings. How many of you guys know there's a blessing in reading blessings, right? Sometimes you get something out of it every time. You're like, well, I didn't notice that. This is what's really important is we're giving glory to God for, for, for performing miracles. How many of you guys know that God doesn't have to do anything? He, I mean, he created us. That was a miracle enough. I mean, we won the lottery of lotteries, being able to be created. How many of you guys know that you beat everybody else to the egg, right? It's a miracle, right? And this is what God's saying. He's saying, guys, you are a miracle, but I want you to give glory to me, and in everything, give glory to me. And so what we're doing here tonight at Hanukkah is giving glory to God. Amen? So we're going to light one candle for every night. And do you have anything you want to share before I keep going? These are kind of leaning over. Yeah, go ahead and light the rest of them. And then on the first night only, this is the key, the first night only, we're going to read the third blessing. And this is the third blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher hitzianu v'nikamanu v'yazan lazanu litzman hazeh. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has granted us life, sustained us, and established us to reach this occasion. So this blessing basically talks about we reach this occasion. But you don't have to say that every night. That's why there's a third blessing. That's why we only say it once. Is we got to the we got to Hanukkah and we've had and here we are. We're here today. Amen. So, those are the blessings. So when you guys go home to uh, your homes and you guys do the blessings, you guys can read these out loud. Because I want to encourage you. I want you guys to leave here realizing that this is easy. It doesn't take very much. All this stuff that I show you here today, these are just adding. So these are just um, festive things, right? But all you really need to celebrate Hanukkah is this. You just need to light this. Every night for Hanukkah. That's all that's required. Does that make sense? So you don't need to have all this other stuff. This is just really nice things to have. But really, we want to represent the light of God. So we're going to talk about that here in a moment here, too. Um, any questions on this before we get to the next, to the dreidel? Any questions? All right, cool. Um, next up is, what is the dreidel? How many of you guys have seen the dreidel? Oh, yeah. Do you guys? I'm, and, of course, I have it up here in my notes. But let me read it, and I'll let you guys... Um, in on what the secret is here. The dreidel is a toy used by the children to help celebrate the Feast of Hanukkah. The dreidel has shaped as the shape of a four-sided top. Each side of the dreidel has a Hebrew letter on it. The four Hebrew letters 
are an acronym for the Hanukkah saying, a great miracle happened here. Okay? So how many of you guys seen this? But how many of you guys didn't? How many of you guys didn't know that that's what it meant? We all thought, oh, these are the letters on here that we use for the game. No, it means a great miracle happened here. Do you guys know why it was created? I'll tell you. It's not in the notes. But this was created by scholars at the time of Hanukkah, at that season, because they were being persecuted, and they weren't allowed to study together. So what would happen was is four or five people would get together, and they would want to study the Torah. They want to study the Bible. And what happened? The Greek soldiers would come in and see them reading, studying the scriptures, and they'd be like, get out of here, you know, or they would, you know, they would kill them. They would literally kill them. It was that bad. But what they decided to do, they said, well, you know what? We need to trick these guys. We need to trick them to think that, oh, we're just getting together just to play a game. Hence came the dreidel. The dreidel is what they would use when they were sitting together in a circle studying the scriptures. And when a soldier would walk up and say, what are you doing? They would say, well, we're just playing dreidel. And the soldier would be like, oh, all right, well, I'll just leave you alone. And keep going. Isn't that amazing? There's always a way. God always provides a way. Amen? So when we play the dreidel, it's a really, it's a significant thing. It's, it's kind of basically, you know, man against the machine, you know, that kind of thing. It's basically saying a great miracle happened there. We had this, and from God's grace, we were able to be set free of this great, from this, you know, from that treachery, and we were able to worship again. Amen? So that's what these are. So we're going to play a game here in a little bit on the dreidel and win some prizes. All right, so how to play the dreidel. So I'm going to go through this really quickly, but this is just so you guys know. I have the instructions on the back of that paper, so this is how we play the dreidel. So any number of people can take part. Each player begins the game with an equal number of game pieces, about 10, 10 to 15, such as pennies, nuts, chocolate chips, raisins, matchsticks, etc. So I had, I would grow up, I would have pennies. My mom would go empty out her purse, put pennies on the table, and say, all right, everyone take as many pennies as equally everyone could have, and we would just take the pennies, and that's what we would use it's, it's kind of a form of gambling, but we're not really gambling anything. So just so you guys know, it's, we're just going to let that go. All right. So at the end, mom gets the pennies. That's what happens. All right. So at the beginning of each round, every participant puts one um, game piece, a penny in this example, into the center of the pot. In addition, every time the pot is emptied or has only one game piece left, every player should put in the pot. So basically, when it's empty, everyone has to put in one. So how many of you guys ever played Uno and a lot of these other games? These are great memories. How many of you guys have great memories playing board games, right? This is what this is for. It's a memory builder for your kids. This is really important that you guys build memories with your kids. Because how many of you guys know when you don't have memories, you really have no, really, really no identity, right? And so people are, even, people are struggling to find out their identity. I don't know my identity. I don't know who I am, you know? How many of you guys hear that today? Well, we're doing this today because we are doing this because we want to honor God. All right, so... At the beginning of each round, every participant, I went over that part, and then every time it's your turn, we spend the dreidel once. Depending on the side it lands, you'll be giving, you'll give or get some of the game pieces from the pot. For example, here we go. The nun. Everyone say nun. Nun means nishit, nishit, I'm sorry, excuse me there, or nothing. The player does nothing. This is nothing. Okay? Next up, the gimel. Everyone say gimel means gants, or everything. The player gets everything in the pot. That's the red one here. Next one is hey. Everyone say hey. Hey to you. Means habav, or half. The player gets half the pot. If there's an odd number of pieces in the pot, the player takes half of the total plus one. And the last one is shin. Everyone say shin. Means outside of Israel. Means shetel, or to put in. Pay in Israel. It also means to put in. So a player adds to the game piece or to the pot. So th really what this means is you have to add one. So when you spin it, and you got, of course I have to do it here in the front. When you spin it, depending on where it lands is what you will end up getting. So for this example, I would have to put one in. So going on to the next thing. And this is where my wife gets to come in here and kind of mention a few things about the uh, food. Anyone have any questions about the dreidel? Anyone have food for Yes. You know, they do, and of course, everything made in Israel is always better, right? It's always better to support Israel, Israel businesses. Now, however, do you think God is going to frown on us if we have one made in Taiwan? I don't think so. I think God will be just as happy that we were instilling these values into our kids. Amen? Yes. Oh, exactly. Okay, so... 
Okay, so that's a great question. What she's referring to, everybody, is the letters here. These can be changed and slightly altered because some people say, well, if I'm living outside of the land, and this is a rabbinical tradition, it's a rabbinical thing. If I'm outside the land, I have it, a great miracle happened there. If I'm inside of Israel and I live in the land of Israel, I have a dreidel that says a great miracle happened here. Does that make sense? Now, whether or not that is, that is one or the other, if, I, if I'm in Israel, by all means, I'll get one like that. If I'm outside of Israel, I don't think it's going to matter. It's just basically it's just a, it's, a, it's a saying. It's just something that we have written on the dreidel. Does that make sense? All right, cool. Any other questions? Yes. Do you know that um, a couple years ago when I was buying my first dreidel and I ordered it from Israel, I know the shipping was way more than what it cost, but it was my way of supporting Israel. Yes. But I bought it in Israel, and because they knew it was coming here, they gave it to me with the sheen, even though the one I was looking at had the peg. Yes. Okay, so there is a difference. This is the sheen. This means this one I have is the one that says a great miracle happened there, right? And the course of this letter was changed. It would say a great miracle happened here. So I always had the one with the sheen. That's all I've ever owned. But if you go to Israel and all of a sudden you're staring at the table and you're around your buddies in Israel and you're like, that one looks different. You know, they're cheating. No, it's not really cheating. They actually have a different letter for a reason, okay? Does that make sense? All right, so let's bring up my awesome wife, amen, and she's going to talk about Hanukkah traditional foods. Um, let me just go over the few that I have, and then she'll kind of go over some more. Lockies also are known as potato pancakes. How many of you guys have eaten a locky before? Okay, yeah, that's right. And I want you guys all to think of your favorite locky recipe, because I may have you guys share it. You know, how many of you guys like lockies with chocolate on top? Oh, you guys even know you can do that? Yes, it's, it's official. You can. All right? You can do anything with lockies, but I'm gonna, we'll go over that here in a minute. The next one up here is donuts, also known as sifnan goyot in Hebrew. And then the last one is Hanukkah gelt. And Hanukkah gelt uh, refers to play money as well as chocolate coins given to children during the festival of Hanukkah. How many of you guys have seen that gold coin wrapped things? That was for the dreidel game. So instead of using my mom's pennies, we would have chocolate that would last about five minutes, and then we would eat that, and then all of a sudden we'd back to back the pennies. My mom was like, okay, I'm going to invest in pennies. I have six kids, four boys. We need pennies. All right. Um, let me uh, stop there for a minute and actually talk about, and actually let me go back here. Let me talk about, uh, I'm going through it. Miss Kathy, can you get me back on track? Thank you. Uh, I want to stop right quick and have my wife uh, share a little bit about Hanukkah foods and traditional things that happen like with foods during Hanukkah. Okay, so as a lot of you probably know, um, during Hanukkah they eat a lot of fried foods to represent the oil and, and the menorah. So um, traditional foods are like donuts and lockies, which you fry in oil. Um, you can eat anything fried. So you can make your own traditions up or use these are just traditional foods. Um, so, you know, I remember growing up, we grew up where we had a little bit of Christmas. We grew up with Christmas, and then by the time I was probably – 10, 11, we finally came into the understanding of Hanukkah. But um, so my memories as a childhood are all the, the memories that my parents made in the home. So like with the foods they cooked and the, the decorations, I can remember all those things up until now. I, don't, I can't tell you the gifts I got. I really don't remember that stuff. But I always remember the memories of the food and uh, the music and the, 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 just the memories that they built, the things we would do, like the games, stuff like that. So food, you can kind of make your own what you want as a family, traditions you want, but traditionally they do fried. So um, lockies, there's a gazillion recipes out there now. I'm sure a lot of you guys have found. Um, last year, last couple years I've made, um, it's his favorite, but it's a cilantro jalapeno latke with chipotle sour cream. Amen. So it's <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can get come really, on, preach really, it down, preach yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you can get really. I mean, they get delicious. Um, there's sweet potato latkes I've seen. There's some made with zucchini which would be interesting um, if you don't want the potatoes, if you're trying to cut calories a little bit during the season. Um, so you can go online. I mean, they're everywhere, Lotke recipes, Pinterest. If anyone, any women are on Pinterest, they have a, that's actually where I got the um, jalapeno one. But um, And then donuts. There's actually homemade recipes for donuts you could do. An easy way to do donuts, so you don't have to make the dough and all that, is you can get the biscuit, um, like the Pillsbury biscuit or whatever, pre-made biscuits you want to do, um, and you can either cut them in half or however size you want. You roll them in a ball, and you just drop them in oil, 
and they're delicious. And then after they come out of there, you can shake them in some cinnamon sugar, a little bag. Um, so those are simple ways of doing it. Or if you want to, we've tried it before where you get a little injector, like a turkey injector or whatever, and you put jelly and you could shoot some jelly in there, um, put powdered sugar over it. So you can kind of get really creative or just go to the store and buy it and be done. <laughs> so sometimes that's the easiest way. But it's fun for the kids. Remember, because sometimes I'm like, whatever, I don't want to do this. It's too much work. But then the kids miss out, and it's just like, okay, let's just make a mess. It's already a mess, so let's just <laughs> keep making more. Um, Hanukkah cookies, that's another thing. You know, and a lot of people can say, well, that's getting like Christmas. and But, you know, it's not that we're trying to be like Christmas, but what these all are, these are just traditions and memories. So um, they have lots of, like I think we have up here, Hanukkah uh, cookie cutters. And so that's fun for the kids where we um, we <laughs> we uh, we make Hanukkah cookies, and then you can let them decorate, which we've done that here at the church before, yes, too. Like those in are our good. Hanukkah festivals, they decorate the cookies. Um, there's also, which is really cool, we hadn't tried this yet, but they do have little Hanukkah houses. I saw Walmart carries them, kind of like a gingerbread house, but they're Hanukkah house. And so those are kind of cute. Well, Judah Mac would be in the front with a sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Other than that, like like I said, you can make your own memories, and we've done different things, and we've, um, a couple times we just do, like, the last night of Hanukkah, or the last, whatever the last day is, we wake up and do a big breakfast, a traditional breakfast, what we might do, um, so just ways to make it memorable, especially if you have young children, because what we got to remember is that, you know, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of it, but... So, but what's the majority of this world we're consumed with is just it's Christmas everywhere, and it's the largest, what, holiday that's out there. And so if you don't make this fun and, and build memories for your children, it's going to be easier for the world to pull them into what they're offering, because what they're offering is fun and exciting, and everywhere we go, when they were around two, three, they didn't understand the difference. So when we would see lights, we're like, Hanukkah. I'm like, yeah, that's Hanukkah. And they'd see the Santa Claus. That's Hanukkah. Everything's Hanukkah, you know. And now they're like, um, what is that? That's not Hanukkah anymore. <laughs> so now they know that's Christmas. And so some of them mess. Why is everyone does Christmas? We don't see Hanukkah. And I, you have to explain, you know, that we live in where we live. And if we were lived in Israel, now we would see Hanukkah, you know. But here, this is the majority of what's celebrated. But um, And also explain to them the differences and why we do what we do. And it's okay that people do Christmas and we do Hanukkah. It's a difference. You like I like what Pastor Nick says. You live what's revealed. It hasn't been revealed to some people, and that's okay. It doesn't make them bad. It doesn't mean that they don't believe in Jesus. Because sometimes they're like, oh, they don't believe in Jesus. No, that doesn't. <laughs> don't say that. That doesn't mean that. So you just gotta really just explain to your children, and then make it fun. So like, our kids grew up with never never having to celebrate Christmas, so they don't really have any memories attached to that. So for them you know, they're not going to be like, oh, I miss doing Christmas, or I have all these, they don't even know, like, they don't even care, they see trees, and like, oh, okay, like a Christmas tree, whatever, like, they don't care what that is, because they've never had memories placed on that, so that's what's great for our generation now, is they don't ever have to try to change, and go from Christmas to Hanukkah, they, this is all they'll know, and this is going to be fun, so our kids love Hanukkah, and, and they look forward to it, just like they would if they were, you know, had did Christmas, so, once again, just build memories that are going to be yeah. fun and lasting and, and incorporate your children or grandchildren and whoever you have. Yep. And so some of the, um, uh, and I'll just keep going here, but I want to. Oh, really quick. I was going to ask. Yeah. Did anyone have any other ideas when it came to the food? Oh. Oh, is the only criteria for making a menorah is this middle one has to be a little slightly higher than the other ones. That's the only criteria, which that's uh, easy to do because we want to give honor to, obviously, the center candle. Great question. Any other questions, thoughts going through? Now, you guys, now let me ask real quick those of the experts that have been here. You raised your hands earlier. Who has something they want to share as far as their favorite food for Hanukkah, though? Or tradition. Or tradition. Now it's. I know everyone's like lockies. I know it's. Unless I already, you already know what mine is, and we already make donuts and we already make lockies. But what do you guys like? What's your favorite lockie? What's a favorite memory you guys do with your kids? Is there anyone that has a memory that they want to share? Because um, I know with our family we have, you know, things that we do. Miss D, who let's give a hand to her. She's gonna make all of our coffee today. She is awesome. One thing I heard about 
probably about 15 years ago from Jewish Jewels, you know, which is Jamie and Neil Lash. They live in Fort Lauderdale. They did a thing that every day that they would have Bible verses that referred to light. Yes. So you, I don't, you may have already said that. I didn't catch that. No, anyway. no, but I've, I've so heard of that. It's good. You go through your Bible and find everything there's in the concordance on light, and there's thousands. There probably is, well, 100 at least, 100. And write those verses out, and every day have everybody read a Bible verse about which refers to the light. So as you're lighting the candle, you're lighting, you're you're reading a verse about the light, like you know, Yeshua is the light of the world, you know. So and we're supposed to be the light of the world, or light uh, to the nations too. Anyway, so that's one thing that we always that we did. It's always fun to have a even to have them in a bowl, have them in a dish, have them in something special that they can you know read one every year. I mean every night. Excuse me, every night. That's awesome. Yes, we got one up here. We got one up here, two. All right, here we go. Bring them out. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but when Courtney came to Colorado, um, I packed her a box, a gift every night for her to open. And um, it was all, like the first night was one thing, and it was something about one and the second night was something about two. So every night she opened something when awesome. we were down here and she was up there with you guys. That's awesome. Very cool. Hi, guys. Hey. So we do, um, kind of going back, I mean, I don't have kids, but like with donuts. So I've made them from scratch before because of Pinterest. Thank you, Lord, for <laughs> Pinterest. But also, um, if you don't want to like buy like fresh ones, you can also get like those biscuits and then cut holes in the middle and then like put honey and confectioner sugar on it. So it's like you don't have to make the dough, but then you can easily like fry it. So it's like in the middle. So we do that. And then we read for it because my mom has... Um, I wanted to comment on that. My mom has, like, the Good News Bible, which I guess is a Catholic Bible, from, like, back in her day. So we'll sit down. We'll read it. And my stepdad will join us because there's donuts. So, you know. <laughs> That's a way to get your uh, family involved. Oh, there's donuts. All right. I'll sit down and listen. Well, we've done this a little different. We have a military family, of course, me and my wife. And it kind of goes on. But what we've done is we try to, and we've done it with the dance team as well, we send pizzas to the IDF. That's so, and what we do each night is we try to remember, um, as, as you mentioned with the Maccabees and so forth, the military side that's over in the land. That's awesome. I mean, let's give a hand to our military. Isn't that awesome? They are a blessing. They are a huge blessing. Miss Carol. I don't want to jump ahead of you. Are you going to mention anything about that book, Roy Leeson? Well, uh, well, you, well, well, we're going to go into that next, but yeah, oh, why don't okay. you go ahead and mention it, and then I'll, we'll keep Well, going. we fa- we found a book when we had the marketplace in the back here, and Kathy's going to try and get them, uh, but I don't know if she's going to be able to find them. But anyway, we pray that she can. But there was this book that we come across before we entered out of there into here, and we're going to do that this year. And we're really excited about looking at that because there's a focus for each day. And that's all I'll say because you got the rest. Oh, okay. No, you're right. No, actually, it kind of merges that idea of how many guys would, how many guys li- would like a book to have at home so you guys would read the blessing every night and then know what the corresponding verse would be, right? We're going to get some of those, and that's what she was referring to is there are books like that and you guys can get them online. I just did the very basic Hanukkah prayers over the menorah, but if you would like that, there are some available. Does that make sense? All right, well, due to time, because I want to give some of this away, I'm going to kind of move forward here. So if you guys have other ideas, you guys can share here at the end if we have time, all right? So Hanukkah tradition and ideas. Make your own homemade Hanukkah. That is fun uh, and slightly dangerous because you're playing with fire. But uh, we'll let that go. But anyways, this one here, and how many of you guys um, know that we actually bring during Hanukkah, we bring from our houses our Hanukkahs to the church. Does everyone know that? So just so you make sure you understand, during the Hanukkah season, we want you to bring your Hanukkah here. We will light them in the lobby on Monday and Saturday, and then we're going to light them over in the other building on Wednesday, because Hanukkah this year is a Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday for us. That's where we're going to celebrate it. So make sure you bring them, okay? Um, So those are great to do with the kids. Find a prominent place in your home to put your Hanukkah and decorations and gifts. So you guys know like you would have a special place. How many of you guys have a special mantle or a special centerpiece in your house, right? Does everyone have kind of a place? All right, well, you guys got to make one if you don't. Basically, the idea is to honor 
basically an area in your home to put all your Hanukkah items. And the reason we do that is we kind of want to have a place where the kids can come, light the menor, the Hanukkahs, or if they want to go ahead and get their presents or whatever. Now, I have lots of kids, so the present every night thing may, doesn't happen always in our house. Uh, my house, where I grew up, my mom was like, my mom, we had four boys and two girls in my house, and every year, Every year I got underwear and socks. I mean, it was just a given. And the reason why is my mom's like, you need that. And, it's, and I'm not going to go out and buy an extra present when I know you could. that's a present for you. I said, okay, great. But uh, just so you guys know, it doesn't have to be an expensive present for your kids. Just make something fun, all right? Just make fun and have good memories. All right, so speak. Oh, yeah, and the Dollar Tree is good. All right, so make special meals for everyone to enjoy. We talked about the different kinds of foods. Um, hang up lights inside and outside your home. Now, how many of you guys saw the lights coming into the lobby, right? We hung up all those lights and stuff like that, and it looks pretty, right? And it kind of sets the tone, gets everyone into the Hanukkah, you know, the holiday spirit here. This is really exciting because everyone first thought, oh, I don't have, I can't go and put Hanukkah lights outside my home, or and I call them Hanukkah lights. Everyone calls them Christmas lights, but whatever, I call them Hanukkah lights. I'm going to create a trend, right? But we put Hanukkah lights, these lights out here, these string lights, we put them outside our home. Why? Because there aren't we supposed to represent the light of God? Aren't we supposed to do that, right? When well, Hanukkah is also referred to as the festival of lights. Yes. So I say it started with Hanukkah first. They took our idea. <laughs> yes. So anyways, that's a good point. Yeah. So we're just going to let everybody know. So go ahead and put lights inside, outside your home. You know, I like the white and blue ones. Those work for me. White and blue is really good. So we have white and blue ones outside. Yes. The white and blue lights, the ones over the door, I got on the at the Walmart at the end of Bloomingdale. They're, they're the everywhere one. now. Actually, but you can get the them blue, everywhere. It's pretty popular, so everywhere. They actually get taken yeah. faster than the red and other ones. I'll tell you right now, it is, it is the new thing. Everyone is looking for the blue ones. And for obvious reasons, I think God's turning their hearts, you know. <laughs> so anyways, that's good. Now let me ask you, let me tell you all this as well. I'm just going to jump over here to the display table. I had found online a projection uh, system. Have you guys ever seen those little projector lights that shine on the house? I found one with dreidels. And so, yeah. So there are, are a lot of things out there. We're going to get into this more and more as we get here. We only got 30 minutes left, and I got to give some of this stuff away. But this is going to go, this guy here is going to go on the outside of our church building. So Monday night, which is tomorrow night, we're going to have it up so you guys can see that. So that'll be fun. So we have that up there as well. Um, so um, bless others with gifts or with help or gifts. I have a family. It's really close to me in my church in Colorado, my dad's church. They decided, instead of making Hanukkah about, hey, let's give gifts to me, let's give gifts to others. And so what they taught their family and their kids is they would go out and serve in the McDonald Ronald house. They would go and do like mitzvahs or blessings to everybody. And so their eight days of Hanukkah were giving gifts of help to others. And I, and I actually asked one of their sons who was 12 years old, you know, I wanted to wait till the mom was gone because I just wanted to hear his, his honest perspective, right? And I asked him, I said, so... What do you think about this versus getting a gift? He's like, well, getting gifts is fun. He said, but this is a whole lot funner. I said, why really? I said, he said, I never realized giving, going to the Ronald McDonald house and serving food to people that are in need would be so fun. He said, I have a great time doing that. And so remember, it's not all about us. It's about remembering what happened with the Hanukkah story, and it's about giving and helping at others. Does that make sense? So we're going to keep going. All right, so play music in your home. Pandora's great for that. If you guys have Pandora, never heard of Pandora, Look into it. It's a great little radio station online. You put in the genre of music, and it'll just keep playing it over and over. Like, if you say, if you type in Hanukkah, it'll just keep playing Hanukkah music, you know, 24-7. All right. Any, um, read the Hanukkah story, and you can buy Hanukkah-themed books um, and storybooks to read with your kids. So here's a workbook, a Hanukkah workbook. I got this one on Amazon. So this, this table is Amazon, Walmart, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, but there's a lot more, and we'll go over that here in the end. But this is where I got that one. So there's a workbook. So you have a workbook that has, like, mazes and crossword puzzles. And then I have a Hanukkah bear story. It talks about the Hanukkah story. Yes. Yes, that's a good point. Yes, there are a lot of books of the Hanukkah. The one thing that I didn't find, and I just found this year, is a movie. I haven't found, like, kids' movies, right? You want to show the Hanukkah story, I mean, there's a thousand, uh, you know, reindeer movies out there, but I was like, I need one with the Maccabees in it, right? And so I was able to find one, so they are available if you want to show your kids the, Mac the, the story of Hanukkah. Um, play games and create memories together. Board games are great with that. How many of you guys play games during the holiday season, right? You guys play, and it could be just regular scramble, it could be all that, but it just spend time together, right? Spend time together, re rejoice in this time. 
Uh, take turns lighting the Hanukkah and reading the blessings and opening up gifts each night. So Naomi was the first one. She lit today. But if we were to do the next night, it would have been Asher. And then the next night, it would have been Malachi. And then we just go through. Even better, Pastor Nick has created a tradition in his house, and we're doing that too, where every kid has a Hanukkah. So that would be kind of cool. You know, it gets more light up. And do you want to share on that? No, I was just I was just going to add that we actually, I don't know if they're doing it this year, but Home Depot did a a Hanukkah menorah building class. So we took all the kids, and they got to make their own. They had this little wood thing with screws, and they made, like, the little. It was really cool. It was at Home Depot, and they had a whole workshop, and they got to paint it. So then they got to use that and light their own Hanukkah. But there's a lot of events. Even the Brandon Mall, we went to that. They ha they hold a huge um, event there every year um, for Hanukkah. They light the menorah. And, and it's put on by the, the, Orthodox. the Orthodox, more the Jewish. But it's still, hey, you could still come and support these things. Because the more we come and support, the more that they'll do them. And so there's just a lot of, actually, there was one out in, was it Bradenton or one yeah, here? We actually went with um, um, Ashley the Cabrera as we all went out there. A little carnival for the kids. It was really fun. Yeah, take take a picture with Judah Maccabee. It's at the Winthrop Mall. Oh. Winthrop. Where is Winthrop? Oh, it's not at the Brandon Mall, you mean. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And here's what we want to make sure we do. How many of you guys want to support things like this? You know, we need to show up. So when something like this happens, make sure you're there. Make sure that the Orthodox people, they don't feel like, oh, no one else wants to support this. I mean, it is important that we all show up and light it. And you know what? It's fun when Ephraim shows up because we're, we're a little out of the ordinary. So a lot of the Orthodox are like, whoa, uh, where did all these people show up, you know? But it's really good. It's really nice to have that. Did you want anything to add? Well, um, Smith has asked me, how do you find out about the events? Um, I know the website, uh, the, the Westfield or Mall website had it on their website. You can sign up to get notifications. They have Facebook pages. But the one I can't remember, I don't know if anyone else knows. the. Yeah, it's the Jewish Chabad. Discovery Center. There the Brandon, you go. That's what it's called. Brandon Jewish Discovery Center is, ooh, is the group that puts it on. Okay. All right, so everyone got that? So they have a Facebook page. If you're not on Facebook, you can look on their website. I'm sure they would list events and stuff going on. And what they do at these events is very different. Like, they'll have one, one event will just light the menorah, or the Hanukkah, I mean. They'll, they'll light the Hanukkah, and they'll put some music on and give away some stuff. The other carnival place that we went to, they had a full live band. They had, you know, slides. So every place is a little different. So if you can attend them all, great. You know, more, more, uh, more excitement to it. Go ahead. The, uh, I'm from Michigan, oh, sorry. and uh, in my town, the Jewish temple uh, had most of that stuff uh, in the um, outside of the, not in the direct temple part, but around the area where they had school for kids. And oh, everything. yeah. And um, you couldn't buy it on uh, Sabbath day, but during the week, uh, people there that were there, they would turn around and sell it to you. So like, but, a, but like I, at the synagogue nearby, they yeah, have they had and they events. had all that stuff up. Okay, cool, awesome. Yes. Uh, sometimes on some of the TV channels, uh, they also, you know, tell you about the events going on, and uh, they let you know about the Hanukkah events. Yep. Um, Bay News Nine is good for it. Channel Ten News is good for it. Yep. Even uh, Channel Thirteen. The other thing I was going to add too is that on the Han Hanukkahs. They do have electric ones. Yes. That you can just turn the bulb and yeah. turn on for that night. Yes. It's and actually, especially if you've got children, it's a lot safer. Yeah, especially especially around curtains, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I'll be honest with you guys. You know, when I said set up a center place in your house, the reason why is it was more fire resistant. That's really what you want to do. You want to have a safe place to light your Hanukkahs. Okay. Well, we got, I only got a few minutes left. One, one thing. Can I say one thing? Yes. It's me. Sorry, um, the projector. As yeah, as a as a person that came out of Christmas, it's really important to create those memories because that's one of the things we had a problem with. Mm -hmm. Yes, was we had all these traditions that we did at Christmas, and then when we went to Hanukkah, we didn't know what to do, and we kind of didn't do anything for a while, and then the younger ones, especially, they wanted to go back to Christmas because right. we didn't have anything. We didn't. There wasn't, you know, because we had family reunions and dinners and yeah. we went to see the lights and all that and you got to you got to replace that with more memories yep. or they'll wander back. Yep, exactly. Just like I said, when you take something away, something has to take its place. It's just like anything, right? So if you take something out, put it back. 
And so, like I said, how many of you guys want to make this fun? How many of you guys want to make this enjoyable, right? And so people, people have to remind themselves that, you know what, it is fun. I just got to, I guess, it's like learning to ride a bike. You don't know it's fun until you start doing it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow. And then you get faster at it and better at it. And that's the same thing with Hanukkah. As soon as you do it once, you're in. You kind of understand the process and you can start gaining, gaining more and more. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep going here, and then we'll go ahead and give away some of this stuff here. Um, take turns lighting the Hanukkah and reading the blessings and opening gifts each night. I've talked about that. By the way, these items here, I actually put these are outside my house. So I made that menorah out of wood and that Jewish star, that star of David, out of wood, and I just basically did 45-degree angles, those guys that are into carpentry. That's just all 45s, and I just basically made that shape. So you guys can also make this up. Why? Because you want your neighbors to know. I'll tell you right now, all my neighbors, because I just moved this year, all of them are like, what did he just put up, right? And it's a great starter for conversation is when you put these things outside. Put the menorah in your, put, if you have an electric one, even though you have a lit one, say you have two. Say you have an electric one and a lit one. Put the electric one in the window. Put it outside by the street. Let people know that there's, that something's happening. There's something going on, right? So make sure, because every night, I'm telling you right now, if you put it in your window and every night another candle gets lit, they're going to start realizing, oh, there's something going on, something every night. Does that well, make sense? I was going to say, one year, and this is in Colorado, our neighbor, I was outside, and she walked up. She's like, oh, I just love your lights and everything. And she goes, and that star of Bethlehem, that is just so beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, but they don't know. Some of these people, hey, they don't know what this stuff is, but it was just funny. I just like, yeah, star of Bethlehem, I guess that could look like that. <laughs> All right, I was going to keep going, but, yeah, that's, it's, it's funny what they'll say. All right, so invite your friends, or invite your family and friends over to take part in the festivities. Encourage them to bring their own Hanukkahs and light them together. Just like I said, we're going to light them here at the church, right? We're going to light them on the nights. But how many of you guys would like to invite each other over? And how many of you guys would like to invite some friends over? Now, remember, this is not a competition versus Hanukkah versus Christmas. This is not a competition. They're two different things, right? This is just us celebrating what God did for his people. Does that make sense? And if you approach it like that, this is not of one versus another. This is not me versus you, my religion versus your religion, right? Don't even go there. Just say, no, this is just our Hanukkah time where we celebrate the miracle that happened there, the miracles that took place. That's what we're celebrating. And then when you approach it like that, you know, they'll be more receptive than, oh, you guys do this and you guys do that. How many guys know that never works, right? That doesn't even work with my kids, right? Like, you do this and you do that. And they're like, you know, they're just, they're not going to get it. But what they get is they get love. They get, they get consistent love. How many of you guys know a consistent love drives out all fear? It just, it drives away all that. And how many of you guys know it's really fear, right? They're fearful of what this is. Like, what is this? It's brand new, right? So to get over the fear, you have to invite them into your home and just really slowly bring them in and help them understand the process. Does that make sense? Do you have anything you want to say? Okay, so we are down to the final markers here to give away some items here. Oh, where to buy decorations. Now, these are just some ideas. They're not, you know, the only places. But you can go to Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, The Party Store, Walmart, Amazon, Pottery Barn, and Crate and & Barrel. Do you have anything? Um, and Hobby yeah, Lobby. she mentioned Hobby Lobby. Um, and Pure One. Some of these, like, you'll just see a tiny little, like, right there. You'll get this tiny little aisle, and you got, like, five aisles of... Christmas stuff, but at least it's something. And if you can't find it at the store, you go online. And of course, online you can find everything. There's all kinds of stuff. Online. Yeah, and also like the day after the sale. Yes. So if you want to buy everything, yeah, if it's left, because I went to a couple of these places afterwards, and they were they were wiped out. But you can find it real cheap. Asha has a has a has a saying there. But yeah, there's a lot of good places. <laughs> Michael's um, everything is fifty percent off. At Michael's. Yes. Right now. Yes. Yes. And and, and now, now I worked and, in retail. And when you buy, this is on sale. So when you check out, on the top, 25% more. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Last bring, night bring I coupon. bought chocolate from there. It was wow. $6 and I got for $1, $1 bar. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, wheel and deal. Chuck's going to be there with us. We're in wheel and deal. Uh, we have some other rows over there. And while Dean is walking over there, I just want you guys to know that this is a way to support Hanukkah materials, okay? Anywhere you go that they don't have any, ask them. Yes. Be, so that they'll know you're interested, and then there'll be more. I worked in retail for 10 years at Home Depot, and I asked my manager one time, I said, so why don't we carry any Hanukkah materials and stuff like that? He said, because no one really buys it. He said, I said, really? He said, yeah, no one really buys it. And that's why they have, like, this one little section of Hanukkah. But how many of you guys know that 
Ephraim's coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back into our Hebrew roots. And when we go into these stores, the more volume. Here, how many of you guys know that money talks? Whether they say that or not, it does. And when you go into these stores and you buy Hanukkah material, next year, they're going to look at, <coughs> excuse me, they're going to look at their budget and they're going to be like, oh, wait, that made money. Let's bring it back. So really, it's important to support the Hanukkah business by buying every year. Does that and make they're sense? Getting, the decorations are getting better and better, if you've noticed, like this projection thing and these little uh, yard signs. Because before that was a thing, Hanukkah seems so cheesy. I hate to say it. <laughs> but even the Hanukkah music, like everything was real cheesy. We're like, okay, you know, we're trying to get into it. Um, but like, if you really want to do more high class, like Pottery Barn has beautiful plates. And actually, they're all on sale too. I mean, they're more pricey, crate and barrel, but they're getting real elegant, more beautiful for like sit down dinners. They have table, um, just all kinds of stuff. Runners and napkins is beautiful stuff. One day, maybe I can get some of that. The Pottery, the yeah. Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn. Now, they don't have some of the it's, malls uh, online. have them, or it's online. It's in some stores. It's in some, yeah. some malls. Yes. Oh, you, Home Goods had some this year. So who That's knows? Awesome. probably a little everywhere if you could. Yeah. Okay. And remember, guys, if you find something good, share it, right? Like, let people know, hey, I found this over here for 50% off, or I found this over here. Because why? My manager says, if people would buy this, I would carry it. He said, it's just that easy. If they buy it, we carry it. If they don't buy it, we don't carry it. And here's, and here's, the, here's the sign. When the holiday hasn't happened, it's 50% off. You know what the manager's thinking? we're not going to get another order. We don't need to bring another truck in. But how many of you guys know if we went out right now and started buying up these things and the shelves are empty and they, and they don't like empty shelves, that's like the big no-no, and it's all of a sudden the Hanukkah section's empty and they're like, okay, well, we probably need to get another truck, that's a good sign. Amen? That's really what we want to do. So like I said, all this other stuff here on the table, we, can give, we, we can't give away everything, obviously, but if you guys want, we're going to sell it for a very good price, you know? But uh, I want to let you guys know, thank you guys for coming to the Hanukkah class. It was a blessing. We're going to have coffee and donuts and everything outside. Um, the only thing is you can't eat in the sanctuary. Uh, that's the rule. But you guys can eat outside here in the lobbies. We're going to go ahead and start. But does anyone have any other questions, any other things that they want to talk about Hanukkah, anything they want to mention about Hanukkah before we close in prayer? Does anyone else want to mention? Yes. The Hanukkah bingo online. I found that one online. I know. It seems like everything's online nowadays, but it's actually not a bad deal because I was able to find good prices. And I'll be honest with you, Walmart wasn't the best price, and Amazon wasn't the best price in some things. So you have to kind of price and compare. Yes? No. No, the, the bingo game. The bingo game we had. Yeah, the bingo game we had. Yep. Now, I want you guys to know that this is a time and a season to rejoice together. So I want us to all stand up, and I just all want to give glory to God. I want to give up a hand, a praise offering to our God for allowing us to be here today and to be of the season. God is so good. And so I just want to thank you all again for coming. It was great to have you guys here with us today. And if you have any other questions, come see me. We're going to go ahead and close with a prayer, and then you guys can go out and enjoy some donuts, some fatty food. It's all good. It's, a th it's, it's for Hanukkah. Just remember, I'm eating this for Hanukkah, you know, to celebrate. All right, dearly Father, I thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you, Father, for this time of rejoicing, Father. A great miracle happened there, and a great miracle is happening here, Father. It's happening here in Brandon, Florida, Father. I thank you, Father, for the great times that we're going to have, Father, as a family this year, celebrating Hanukkah, Father, as a family. I thank you, Father, for just bringing us closer together as a church, as a body, Father. I ask, Father, you will light us up, Father. Light us up like, like the Hanukkah and the menorah, Father. Just light us up, Father, in the inside so when our neighbors and our friends come to see us this year, Father, like, you are just so bright. You are just so joyful. I don't know why, but you're so joyful, and you're going to say it's because the light of God lives in me. The light of God lives in my heart. And I thank you, Father, for this season, and as that's why you'll give us traveling blessings, Father, and I just thank you, Father, for what you've given us, Father. We love you and praise you and give you glory on day. And everyone said, Amen. Guys, bless you. Amen.